From deep in the heart of the swamp, this is Gator Tales, the official podcast of the Florida Gators. Gator Tales is brought to you by UF Health, the official healthcare provider of the Florida Gators. Welcome to Gator Tales, Gator Greats. I'm your host, Adam Schick. Over the course of the last two episodes, we recounted the winding path Kevin O'Sullivan's 2017 team took to claim Florida's first national championship in baseball. It isn't at all surprising that they got there due in large part to great pitching, which is why on this bonus episode, we're going to go a bit deeper to learn more about Alex Fido and Jackson Coar. One of the built-in advantages to having an athletic program in Florida is how talent-rich the state is, pretty much in every sport. Baseball is no exception, as Sully's been able to pull many of his top recruits right out of the Gators' backyard. That certainly applies to Alex Fido, as the 6'5 righty story begins just a short drive down I-75. I grew up in Tampa, Florida. Both my parents are teachers. My, uh, my mom's bounced around between like what level and, and what grade, but anywhere from like elementary school, middle school. My dad's been teaching at the high school that I went to for like since the school opened like 20 years. He does driver's head there and then he um, he's uh, the head coach of the baseball team. Hmm. So just kind of been around the field over there. And uh, I'm, a, I'm an okay student, but not as good as a student as I should be for uh, having to teach with their <laughs> parents. Well, better question is, uh, how good of a driver are you if, if your dad is a driver's ed teacher? I like to say I'm an okay driver. <laughs> The, uh, I've been, I mean, I, I, I take a lot of precautions now. Like I, I'm a, I'm a pretty safe driver. I feel like, especially like from my age, like still like being in my twenties, stuff like that. But like growing up, I always tried to be pretty, a pretty good driver. He was, he was pretty tough on me about the like driving when I was trying to like practice and stuff. Right. Uh, I would like not take my driver's uh, license over to his house when I was like trying to learn the, uh, when I had my learner's permit because he would, he would be all over me right. about like how far I should be from each car, stuff like that. That sounds stressful. That's like socially distancing, but way before that was the thing. Yeah, it was kind of funny though. So, how did you? Was your dad a baseball coach? You know, from early on, is that how you started playing? Yeah, um, I mean, he's. I think he's been coaching for probably like thirty years or something. Wow. I don't know, something crazy. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he got me into the game pretty much right away. When I, my mom always says, when I was like, uh, when I was like one years older, my dad was already like having me hit. And stuff like that. I think he wanted me to be a catcher, not a pitcher. And he went to HCC and then he went to St. Leo after that. Pitching was kind of like, I don't even know. That was not the thing we thought I was going to be or he was hoping me to be. Mm-hmm. But it worked out. In that case, why did you take to pitching? When, when did that start to become the, the path for you? Well, I pitched when I was in like middle school and stuff. And I was always like, OK, at it. I was never like the best player on the team by any means at any position but I always play like on a pretty talented team I did my part I guess whenever I did have to pitch and uh I, I kind of like hurt my elbow a little bit when I was young so the doctors told me to like stop throwing I kind of took off until I was like a junior in high school really I mean I would throw like every once in a while when I was a sophomore but not not really but then my junior year I uh my dad told me that I need to he wasn't like big on like favoritism or anything so like I had to I had to do a lot just to like even crack the uh the pitching rotation but he told me going into the season he was like oh you have a chance or going into the fall my junior year he was like oh you have a chance to uh to pitch for us this year like we're gonna need you to like really focus like you could need you to step up and uh it would really help the team and I uh so I I thought I had a really good fall I thought I won a one of the starting rotation jobs but he was like oh like 
you know, we have a couple guys that are seniors. We can't just, we can't just like have you start. And then, so I was, uh, relieving for the first half and then he ended up just starting after there was a couple instances and I got a couple, like a couple of things happen with the team and I got, I was able to start and, uh, I kind of just been a starter ever since then. At what point did Florida get on your radar? When did you start hearing from them and, and how immediate was your interest in, in being a Gator? I was always interested in the University of Florida just because, uh, so my dad sent a lot of players over there. And so like we'd go and watch like Alex Pantaleotis pitch or Tommy Toledo pitch. And, and I would always say like, I was probably, I was a Gator fan growing up, but like, I wasn't like dialed in on every sporting event, stuff like that. I'd just be like, oh yeah, I root for the Gators, stuff like that. I remember when I was pitching once in like a fall ball game, Pete Toledo, so Tommy Toledo's dad was videotaping me, he sent it to Florida or to Sully and was like, oh, like. Like, this is a young guy, like, you should, like, like take a look at him. Like, he's doing really good. Like, just something, like, really nice of him. I remember Sully, like, saw the video, and he was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, he looks like he's doing pretty good. Like, have him uh, come to a uh, one of our camps or something, and, you know, we can take a closer look. We, I don't think, like, we could talk or anything. I think there's, like, dead periods and stuff. But so I went to the camp. I got to, like, meet Sully and the assistant coaches, and I was able to throw a bullpen. He basically just said, like, he liked what he saw, but... I wasn't Florida material. He didn't say I wasn't Florida material, but like I knew I wasn't. I was just starting to like pitch again. So it was just like, just keep doing your thing. And, you know, we'll, this summer when you're playing all your summer ball games, we'll see, uh, we'll like come out there and watch you. Just kind of went from there. Like every once in a while. So you'd be like, oh, I saw you had a good game. And then over the summer ball circuit going into my senior year, I, I had a really good summer and started to get a lot of interest. Once Sully offered, it was one of those things where I, I couldn't not go to the University of Florida. It's just so dominant academically um athletically in all their sports and i really appreciated all that how it was such a well-rounded school it's funny because you hear about soy all the time being the, the the pitcher whisperer right so how much of the decision to go to florida was about having sully there to help kind of steer you in, in the right direction and, and continue your development i i did i did know that like i knew he had a really good track record with pitching um i think we had like a down year or two right before my senior year. Uh, we had a down year, my my junior year of high school. I knew that, and I knew that he brought in a really good recruiting class uh, with, like, A.J. Puck and Logan Shore, you know, all those really good players. Um, you had Buddy, Pete Alonzo, and I, and I knew of some of those guys, just heard about them. I heard how we had such really good young talent coming in, and when I felt like I had a chance to be a part of that, I just looked at it as, like, we really – reload it and we're able, and I thought we could have a really good baseball team and I wanted to be a part of it. When you got to campus, what do you remember about the adjustments you had to make both on and off the field as you, you started your career? Once you get to campus, you're like, you're away from home. So that's a little different. Um, you got to kind of have to learn how to do things on your own. You, uh, you, you're around a whole bunch of different players, coaches, and you're, you're trying to build new relationships. But I thought the, that summer B session that all the baseball players and most of the, I figure all the athletes go to was uh, really helpful because there wasn't, you know, 30,000 or how many, 40,000 students there all at once looking for their classes. There was, it was way less of a populated area. And um, so I got to at least know where a couple buildings were, um, got to make some friends, got to experience college and then made it a more easy transition going into the fall. Do you remember having any freshman moments where, yeah, I've heard guys talk before about they got on the wrong bus, ended up at the airport. I mean, things like that where you sort of had a, oh, okay, this is this is a little bit different now. Um, none of those. I think I was too, I was too nervous that I was going to do something 
not like nervous, but I was like, I, I can't, I didn't really want to mess up and be like that guy. <laughs> so I tried to uh, make sure I did everything I could to, to not put myself in those type of situations. I'm pretty sure that was Chris Chioza. I'm, I'm not positive. I think that's, I think Chris Chioza is the one that told did me that story. Did he do something like that? Yeah. I think he told me the story a few years ago about getting on the wrong bus and ending up at the airport. But I, <laughs> oh, I, I didn't even knew that. that. That's the best story anyone's ever had for that question. So I always think about that when people answer it. Oh, no, I haven't had anything that cool. <laughs> um, you, you talked earlier about some of the guys that, you know, kind of inspired you when you were on your way through. Say, so, okay, I can be like the next Logan Shore, the next AJ Puck, so on and so forth. Which players had the biggest personal impact on you once you started on the team? Was, was there anyone that sort of took you under their wing? I've, I think that, uh, I'm trying to think, I mean, so many guys did such a good job that it'd be hard to like, I don't want to leave anyone out. I just, I know that, um, I mean, the older guys were all good. Um, I think like each year that I was there, the chemistry between like the older guys and the younger, younger guys started to get better and better. Um, I felt like when I was a freshman, like the guys that were juniors and seniors were like 50 years old, you know, compared to right. me, <laughs> which I don't know why, but it's just funny. But the, uh, the Guthrie family, uh, not only Dalton, but his whole family, I think they helped me out a lot. His dad being a big league pitcher for so long, he always helped me out if I ever had any questions about pitching or like, because I was still pretty new to the whole pitching thing. Uh, so I think he took me under his wing a lot and Dalton always made sure, like we always looked out for each other and we were roommates for three years. So that was always a, a good friend to have. Thinking back on uh, on your time at Florida overall, I always like to find out for athletes, what's your favorite memory from a Gator sporting event other than your own? Oh, man. Um, ah, man, I probably have a couple. I loved going to all this, the sporting events. I never got to really go to gymnastics, which always looked like fun because we were playing at like a lot of the times the same time or practicing. But I remember I always loved the, the vibes of the Kentucky-Florida basketball games. I mean, I always thought it was cool because you would know that you know, a lot of the guys that we were playing against were going to the NBA. And I also felt like the fans just got so into it, even if we were struggling or something that season. And you could just see how much the guys on the team cared about being Kentucky, you know, nationally ranked team, stuff like that. And we would always have halftime fan fest thing where we'd go out there and throw our, our like T-shirts and have someone talk to the crowd for the get ready for the baseball season. Mm. It would a lot of times be against Kentucky. But I just felt like there was just a really cool vibe, and I just felt like everyone was together and all like all on campus for that game or those games. I remember when we, I mean, when we beat Tennessee on that that throw by Greer, that was awesome. I'm I, a really special moment. I thought was that just that whole game against Ole Miss that we won. Like I think it was like Greer's last game. Mm -hmm. That felt like just a, a really different atmosphere. I felt like everyone just felt united again. That's the thing about being in like a good college town. We'll be playing even if you're not you're not like on that team, like on the football or basketball team, you just feel so invested and you like feel like you're like a part of the team still like with the fans. Like you just feel like everyone has the same common like goal, which is really cool and it's really fun. Fast forwarding to uh, the draft. So you're, you're taken in the first round by the Tigers and then uh, the fun part, you get a signing bonus, right? Everyone always wants to know what's the first thing you bought after you got your signing bonus? So I didn't, I mean, I haven't, I don't know what the first thing I bought was. Um, <laughs> Have you bought anything with your signing bonus? No, honestly, I've been trying to do a really good job at keep. I haven't bought a new car. Um, I had the same car since high school. Wow, it's all paid off. So I appreciate my parents for doing that. So I, I mean, it's not a bad car. I have a 2014 Mustang. Yeah, I mean, I, that's a keeper. Yeah, it's got like thirty thousand miles on it because you never have to drive when you're in Gainesville. So I didn't buy that. I bought a condo in Tampa on Harbor Island, and 
I mean, nothing crazy, nothing too big or anything like that. I just wanted something for myself, my friends, you know, my girlfriend, so we can all, you know, have a spot. And I look at that more as an investment, just like property values going up a lot here. Um, I don't even look at that as a, you know, a present to myself. Um, I bought an English bulldog. Hmm. That was pretty cool. Uh, he's he's sleeping right next to me right now. <laughs> Um, yes, I guess, honestly, like the condo is more of an investment. So the, uh, I think the, uh, English bulldog was my, was my, uh, my present to myself after signing, but I told myself I'd like to get a car if I made it to the league. I would like to, you know, buy things that I, I need to have more than, uh, you know, just spend all my money. Cause I'd rather not, uh, I don't want to work any desk jobs anytime soon. I want to play a lot of baseball and, and just worry about doing, you know, baseball and my family and friends. That's an incredibly disciplined approach that you don't hear very often. So <laughs> it's a, a surprising yet refreshing answer. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Uh, my, I think my parents, I mean, I mean, I'm definitely not perfect, but my parents did a, a pretty good job or a really good job at trying to like, you know, push good, you know, financial habits, stuff like that. So I try to stay pretty uh, on top of it. I buy a lot of video game stuff though, which I mean, at least I'm not getting, I can't get in trouble when I'm playing video games. <laughs> I guess unless I'm streaming and say right, something, right. which hopefully I don't do that ever. Unless you're that, uh, with that, that race car driver that did that. Yeah, I heard about that yeah. the other day. I didn't even see that or anything, but that's, yeah, that was bad. So yeah, you, you can get in trouble doing almost anything now, it would seem. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. So what can you tell us about your, your professional journey so far? I mean, baseball is so unique because, you know, like watching the NFL draft, you know that those guys, you're going to see them on day one. As soon as, whenever there's football being played, that, you know, that first round pick is going to be out there. You're yeah, and they're making a lot more money too. Yeah, right that, that is true. They're also making a lot more money. What's it like for for your path that you've been on? Tell us about that journey so far. Um, so when I signed, I threw a lot of innings and stuff my last year of college, and so the Tigers wanted me to uh, take a little bit of a break. Um, so I took off that half season after I signed. I took a really long uh, break. Didn't have to get ready to throw again until the next spring training, and. I'm healthy still, so I guess it's it was uh you know beneficial, but at the same time I just didn't feel myself right after. I'm a guy that likes to throw a lot, so I didn't really feel myself. And my first year was kind of a struggle. The Florida State League, I pitched well. I felt like I didn't need my best stuff to to get through the Florida State League. And then, but once I got moved to Double A, I was kind of in a. I just didn't feel like I had my best stuff. I didn't feel you know ready and got exposed a little bit was able to look back on it, like no things that I think I should be doing that I didn't do that, you know, I think would help me be a better pitcher and put a lot of work in that next off season, um, going into last season and, um, had a, a lot better season in double A again, full year double A. So I was really appreciative to, to start in double A, be able to have success in double A and be able to learn something from it. Cause the biggest thing that I've been trying to, uh, accomplish each year is just be able, just be able to take take a little bit of knowledge from like each league that I go to and like see what I can learn from each league to like try to have me grow and be you know a better pitcher, a better player, a better teammate. And I think I learned a lot from my, my first half year and was able to pitch, I think, well enough to make it to AAA, but we'll see uh, how that works and especially with how this season's going so far. But yeah, I had a good, another good off season this year. I've been trying to... Uh, put a lot of focus into my eating habits, my, my working out, stuff like that, my, uh, my maintenance, my body. And I feel like I, I'm in a lot better shape now than I was in college. And, um, you know, hopefully I, I felt really good this spring training, really strong was, uh, starting to throw harder, harder again. I felt like, or each game I was one, I kept going up one mile per hour at a time. 
So I was like, man, this is awesome. Hey, I wanted to keep throwing because I was like, man, how hard can I get it up to? And, you know, having some success, I gave up some runs against the Yankees, but I thought I threw the ball really well all three times I was out there. So I'm really excited for getting back out there for baseball and you know, being the best player and teammate I can be. When you're out at spring training, what's it like competing against, interacting with big leaguers that, I mean, to a large degree, you've probably seen them play some of them throughout your, your life? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's weird because like you go to, you go to college, you leave college and you're like the old guy or something like you're a junior, you're like older. And then you go to like pro ball or you go to like camp, like big league camp or something. And then like these guys you're playing with are like 35 and you're like, Oh, you're the young guy. I'm like, man, I'm 24. I feel like I'm not that young anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, you kind of have to like, you go back into like rookie mode, but the t- like the, the guys in the organization have done such a good job. Like they're really good people. They're really good teammates. Um, they reach out to me. They talk to me. They're trying to help me become you know, a good pitcher. And I really appreciate them. And I think that we're building a really good um, atmosphere over here between the uh, all the players, you know, a winning atmosphere. And we're, we're going to turn this thing around hopefully soon. In terms of the uh, the elephant in the room, we're having this conversation uh, near the end of April, and uh, everyone is in quarantine life. So, what's it been like for you in terms of staying in shape, staying up to speed? I mean, I, I assume there's not a lot of facilities you can take advantage of. So, how are you keeping yourself ready to go for whenever baseball does come back? The, I mean, I've been I've been able to train, do everything I need to do. On and like, I haven't been throwing very many bullpens. I've thrown off the mound twice, but I was kind of recommended to, uh, to not throw bullpens yet because we just didn't know how long it was going to be. And looking back on it, it's pretty smart, I think, so far because we haven't, you know, it's been like six or seven weeks. But lifting wise, I've been lifting at Monday through Friday. And I try to do some like something body weight wise. I have plenty of weight stuff like that. My facility hooked me up with some stuff and they write me programs that I lift at in the off season throw every day. I mean, I, I feel like I'm on top of everything. Um, and then after I just go, I, I just, I'm just at home. I just hang out, play video games. I'm really, I, I dove into the draft so much yesterday because there's no other sports. <laughs> Why not? On. Yeah. Um, the, the MJ documentary was awesome. I got to dive into that, but no, just hang out, hang out with my dog and girlfriend, my friends, my family, get to see them extra, which is, you know, try to stay positive and look at the uh, glass half full. And, uh, you know, just try to take this time to be, you know, get better in, in any way I can, because I, mean, I definitely think some people are going to be a little bit lazy right now and not do what they have to do. And when whenever baseball starts getting back going again, you know, might be a little behind and it might be, you know, where I could take advantage of that. And maybe that can help me, uh, you know, get to the, to the major leagues. Well, it definitely sounds like you're on the right path and doing all the right things. So uh, thank you for talking to us today and and good luck whenever things do resume again. I appreciate that. I I appreciate you giving me the call. And uh, I always love going down memory uh, memory lane and talking about the Gators, uh, you know, all their sports and the fans and how great the campus was. And I miss it a lot. So I really appreciate that. When it comes to big arms with big personalities, Jackson Coar is up there with the best of them. As we first learned when we profiled him back on episode 126, the North Carolina native is always affable and happy to throw friendly jabs, especially when it came to beating an arch rival for all the marbles in Omaha. 
Uh, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, like, I've met a bunch of those guys, and I like all the dudes on that team. Like, I can say that. But at the same time, there was nobody I hated more. I mean, it was fun. I think we, I think they'd probably say the same thing about us. We would, I would, I hated losing to them, but they were a fun team to play against. I think it was the, the perfect team to cap it off. Um, like I said, I, I actually really enjoy a lot of those guys. But as far as playing against them when they were at LSU and having you know a bunch of Cajuns screaming LSU at you, I think. I think we all really much really enjoyed winning, winning there, especially in front of all their fans. I think that 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 made it just a little more sweet. So I think we, we all enjoyed that part. Knowing that you were the first team to ever do it for Florida, and given all the great teams, all the big names that had come through before, how much pride? I mean, I'd say then and, and even now, do you take in in knowing that you were finally the part of the team that got over the hump? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to think about Florida baseball without thinking about, obviously, they had some really good teams in the 90s, and there's some big names like Wilkerson and Ross and Eckstein, and you just have all these names from the 90s, and then Laporta, they were so close, that crew, and then obviously, and when Sully first got there, they had that run with, with Tucker and Zanino and Brian Johnson, Hudson Ram, I mean, they had the list of dudes from those teams is is unbelievable. Um, so to know all that coming in, to know we were the first ones to do it, I think we both felt a huge sense of pride. I mean, that's a, a big legacy and a lot of people care and a lot of people have put sweat into that program t- so that we could, you know, have the things we have and get the stadium built that we're getting built and all that kind of stuff and, and have all the things we did. I think it felt nice to just be able to kind of culminate all that and cap that off with it, with the championship it felt really good. I think, you know, I think we had so much respect for the guys that came before us. I think there's just obviously there's so much tradition there that it felt really good to be able to to do that for not just our team but for all the guys who kind of laid the groundwork for us what was it like the next year coming back because you know obviously you get to the top and it it takes so much to get there how how challenging was it in 2018 having kind of the weight of that on your backs as you move forward without you know a lot of the the key pieces that helped you get there in, in 17 yeah i mean i think there was a big i mean i'd be lying if if I said it wasn't a big relief coming into the next season, it felt kind of like we were playing with house money. And it was like, all right, well, we won a national championship. But at the same time, like, I mean, I remember the second the season started, I was like, all right, all right, that's last season's done. I, I think I, t- I probably maybe took too long. I probably took the fall to embellish a little bit. And I think we were all, we had a really good competitive fall, but I think once the season kicked back up for the next year, we were kind of like, all right, it's new season. Um, and that was the year, obviously those new guys, when we were there had such a good start to this year. So it was nice that those new guys really added a lot of energy with Tommy and Jack and Jordan Butler and so many of those young guys, McConnell. I mean, there were so many young, young guys that came in and were super competitive. It was, it was fun. Um, but yeah, I think coming back, there was, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't a little bit of pressure off our shoulders. Hmm. Looking back on, on your entire career now in, in college, wh- what moments stand out to you? I mean, besides the obvious, there any, anything else other than, you know, being in the bottom of championship dog pile that you really think of or stories from your time with, uh, with the, the, the guys? Yeah. I mean, every year was different. I think, you know, I think the thing you miss the most is it's just it's, in pro ball. It's different. You're just not going to get, you know, the fall workouts. You're not going to be up at 9am with, or sorry, 6am with the guys. And you're just not going to be, it's, it's, it's hard to replicate, you know, being with the same group of dudes for literally a year straight. You just, you can't, you can't beat that. So that's, that's what I think I remember the most is just like, you get so close with guys cause you're literally together for almost a full year. And that's just something you're really never going to do again. So I think, 
think having those experiences with those guys and nothing really in particular, I know that's boring, the boring answer, but <laughs> it, it, it's true. I think you miss just the everyday stuff and, and having teammates, you know, especially in my class. I mean, I, I think I just miss like Bernie, India, Maldonado, Lippet. Like, obviously, I still get to see Singer every day, so I don't miss him at all. <laughs> but, uh, but you miss like those guys. I mean, we went basically three years of almost seeing each other every single day <laughs> to, uh, so you get, I think that's what you miss the most is just building those kind of relationships. Uh, I asked uh, Alex this question. He had, he had some good answers for it. But when you think back on your career at Florida, what was your favorite memory from a sporting event other than your own? Oof. Um, I'll tell you what, not in particular, but gymnastics meets are always electric. Um, it's funny. He, ever... he said that's the one thing he never got to go to because you guys were always playing at the same time. I went to a couple. They were sweet. I recommend <laughs> um, the Felipe Franks Hail Mary was a big one. That's all. It's a lot of football stuff for me. I think the fun, the most fun I ever had at in the swamp was Ole Miss my freshman year. So that would have been the fall of 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, when there was like the Land Shark D, and they were like number you know two or three in the country, and I mean, we, we beat them by like 40. That was awesome. <laughs> that was probably the most fun I had at a football game. Just like it was a night game. I think it was game day. If not, it was SEC game day. One or the other. That was. I just remember, like, I was like, all right. I remember walking back to my dorm after the game, and I was like, that was awesome. <laughs> that, that's 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 probably the most memorable one. So you mentioned still, uh, you know, getting to be with Brady all the time. What can you tell us about the immediate aftermath of getting drafted and kind of moving on to that next phase of your career? Yeah, I think it's been a blast. I think you know, I think for the majority of us, we go to Florida to get drafted. I think that's. I don't think that's anything groundbreaking. I think Sully has done such a good job with turning guys over and, and having high draft picks and getting guys professional baseball. Um, yeah, I think it was really bittersweet for me. I think I got so I grew up so much at Florida and met so many close friends there. It was definitely a bittersweet leaving, but at the end of the day, it was it was really fun to you know get out and pursue your your dream. And I've been enjoying it. Obviously, this year is is going to test our patience, and, and we're waiting. And it's going to be a fun year. Hopefully, if we can get it cooking. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Something that was really exciting. I think I got to share it with my parents and they put so much into into my career that it was awesome to be able to share it with them. I'm hoping you have a more exciting answer to this than Alex did. Um, what was the first thing you bought after your, you got your signing bonus? Designer sunglasses. Yeah, okay. So that's cool. Alex said like he bought a, a condo, which was an investment. And then he bought a <laughs> everything. With, he is like, yeah, I didn't really do anything exciting. Come to think no, of he it. He bought a dog. Right. No, he, did, he did say the dog, but that was like, he bought yeah. A spike. yeah, yeah. Spike. I guess it's something. He's like, yeah, I guess the most exciting thing I bought was he didn't buy a car. or a, I just, I bought a dog. <laughs> no, I bought some like expensive designer sunglasses. Went straight on. Like as soon as I got my money and bought like way too expensive sunglasses that I'd I could, I'm literally looking at them right now, and I never wear them. So. But they're they're still there, so it's, I, you could call it an investment, right? Well, I, I kind of broke them, so Did I think you? I okay. really ruined that. Yeah, <laughs> it's all right. The arm's a little wobbly, but it's fine. It's so, sort of an investment. Yeah, sort of. But uh, yeah, I, I have I don't, like I wanted to get a new car, but I'm a little sentimentally attached to my truck right now, so I'm hanging on to that. Um, Singer bought a big truck. It was cool. I like his. It's like a spaceship. <laughs> so I just I kind of bum his truck. Like I get to vicariously live through his. Um, yeah, and I think one of these days I'll try to call someplace home. Kind of I rove around now. I go like split time between a couple of places in the off season. So yeah, I didn't buy anything too crazy, but I did buy some sunglasses. What was the the biggest change in, in even just to the, the game? You know, I mean, I think a lot of people we always look at it's easy to say, oh, well, look at the way someone goes from you know playing college basketball to playing in the NBA. 
you guys have so many steps in between college and then getting to the big. So, I mean, how different is it in, say, like single A from playing in the SEC? And what's the talent like that you're competing against and how much does it change? I mean, I, I tell people all the time that pitching in the SEC until I got to double A was harder than anything in pro ball. And I'm not going to say like the guys are necessarily more talented, but the thing about the SEC is everyone's playing to win. Like, uh, it's no surprise in pro ball in the minor leagues. I mean, the games, I mean, they're just not as important. It's about developing. It's about working on third pitches. It's about hitters working on stuff. A lot of it is, is developing, which is fine. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. But at the end of the day, like, you know, if you're going into Mississippi state, there's nine, you know, kids who grew up, you know, bleeding, you know, bulldog colors and, they want to do anything they can to win and they're going to be scrappy and they're going to move guys over and they're going to have quality at bats. You know, there's, it's just, it's a little bit different in the SEC as far as, you know, or even in college baseball, as far as those guys are going to do anything they can to scrap runs across. And obviously the talent, you can see the draft picks that come out of that conference every year. So I could think of no better place to prepare for professional baseball than pitching in the SEC. And I'll tell anybody that. Um, and then, you know, in double, I think I definitely noticed a difference. It's kind of a step up. You, you get some, you get some grown men out there and you can, you can start to feel a little bit of a difference as far as the talent wise goes. But I think, you know, in pro ball, the thing is you're gonna have to face lineups a lot more often too, especially, you know, I pitched in the Texas league this year and there's eight teams. So wow. you're going to, you're going to see a lot of guys a lot of times and you got to learn how to, you know, get guys out not just, you know, multiple times in a game, but multiple times in a month, in a week. You know, it's just, I think I had three straight starts against the same team. So that's been a, a little bit of a difference, but I think it's 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 good. So it's a learning experience because, you know, if you want to pitch in the big leagues, you're going to have to pitch against, you know, teams in your division a bunch. So um, I've definitely enjoyed the ride. I think having Brady, having Brady around has been fun. I think we're both enjoying it. I think, uh, you know, like I said, I'm ho- hopefully we can do something this year. You have some sort of action. Mm-hmm. Have you guys both? Have you been every step of the way in the same place, or have you guys kind of bounced around and then come back together on on different teams? Yeah, we've. I think he got called up like two weeks before me last year, three weeks. So we were pretty much together all year last year. So yeah, I think my my first year I didn't. I, I wasn't with him though. So we've been kind of back and forth, but it's it's been good. How much like what has that done for you having him there? How has that how has that changed the experience for you? Um, I think it's nice just to have you know, someone you're close with, but at the same time, I think, um, we have a ton of good dudes with us. So I think it's been no problem for either of us meeting a bunch of new guys and, and, uh, and be able to have, and there's a bunch of really good teammates and a bunch of good guys here. So I don't think it's been nice to have them, but we've also been lucky to be in an organization with a ton of good dudes. Mm. What exposure have you had to, uh, to any of the, the big league guys in the organization and, and what effect have, have they had on you? Uh, I was lucky enough to get to big league camp this year. So that was nice. It was just, it was fun. I mean, I think the biggest thing is you just get to see how they go about their business and, and how they do things. You can just kind of watch. You, you, obviously, you want to ask a couple questions, but you pretty much can learn more about just watching how professional they are and, you know, the way they go about their business and pick their brains when you can. And that's, that's been fun. But I think uh, we have like a really young and competitive organization too. I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of spots open and there's a lot of guys competing. So it's, it's been fun. Uh, final couple of things for you, just in terms of the, uh, what has this period been like for you? How are you staying in shape, engaged? It's, I guess it'd be so easy to fall out, but how are you managing to stay on top of everything given what's going on? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I'm just like everybody else. We're just kind of, you do what you can with what you got. I think everyone's learned how to get pretty creative. But I, the, the thing about most baseball players is this is our time of the year to play. So it's not, we kind of had the off season. So I don't think, for the most part, I think most guys are doing a good job of staying engaged because this is our season. We're kind of in season mode. So um, I don't think, you know, you're, you're used to, our off season is long enough, I think, already. So I think the boys are kind of just itching to get out there. So just like everybody else, getting creative, um, keep my arm in shape and, and getting ready whenever they tell me I can come back. <laughs> uh, what is your, your coronavirus survival entertainment been? What have you been turning to? Is there like a, a series that you binge? Are there movies you're on? What, what's, it, what's the entertainment been like for you? So I got Hulu. I have had Netflix since I was like, you know, like 13 years old. So kind of just been, I've been, I've, I've been through it. Uh, there's, there was getting a little dry. You've so been through, you've been Hulu. through everything. I mean, everything I wanted to. I think Hulu had a couple things I like. So I, I've been doing Seinfeld right now. Oh wow! I did Brooklyn Nine Nine um, on Hulu. That's a good one. I'm a big workaholics guy because I'm <laughs> millennial. I think it's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I just been on Hulu. So also I got it with my Disney Plus. So I packaged it. So. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You're you're doing the the big pack. You're 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 pre bundling. I am. I bundled. Wow. So. What are, what are you into on Disney Plus? You checking out some of the the classics there? What's what's uh, what's doing it for you? Uh, I'm a Star Wars guy and I'm a big Avengers guy. Okay, so. can't say I'm a big like my, my well, I got like my family uses my account, so I'm sure my mom loves like the the classics. So she she does more than enough for our whole family. So I let her. <laughs> she, she's in charge of the classics, and I kind of stick to the newer stuff. I guess if you could have the powers of anybody in the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or you could be anybody, who would you be? I would just want to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that's those guys have the best vibes. So that's that's where I want to be. I'll be uh, I'll be Chris Pratt. I'll be Star Lord. You know, I had a feeling you were going to say that. I don't know why. I, just, I, I got I got a Star Lord vibe coming from you. That's the best thing. That's the best compliment I've ever gotten. So I'll <laughs> take that into the bank. You know what? That feels like a great place to stop. So Jackson, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all this with Gator Nation. And uh, we look forward to seeing what what you do next in the bigs. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. We hope you enjoy these extended conversations with a couple of legends from the diamond. And we know you'll love our next mini-series on Billy Donovan's back-to-back national championship teams featuring all of the O4s, with the first installment of that set for next Thursday. Until then, I'm Adam Schick. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of Gator Tales, Gator Greats. <laughs>